Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hello there, and thanks for tuning in. This week's sermon might be one that you missed if you regularly attend Prince of Peace. This was another uh, wintry, snowy weekend here in Loveland, Ohio, and so we had really light attendance. But I'm glad that folks were safe and used their caution in deciding whether or not to come to worship. But we had worship uh, nonetheless, and in this week's um, sermon, we explored the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee, but we looked even more deeply at what it means to receive an undeserved, abundant blessing. And so I hope that you enjoy this week's sermon and that it speaks to your life. Without further ado, here is the sermon. Well, good morning. Are you warmed up yet? Warmed up? Well, this is the most intimate. Uh, This is not the smallest crowd I've ever preached to. I, I worked for a year at First Lutheran Church down and over the Rhine, and we had one Sunday with four people. So we just sat in a circle and, and shared a little bit. Welcome. Um, I mentioned earlier in the announcements that, uh, that probably already, if they're not already there, because in Israel they're a few hours ahead of us, um, Pastor Jonathan and a group are in Cana of Galilee right now. It's pretty neat to think about that part of our body of Christ, part of our community, is in the very place that we read about in today's story. There's another really cool connection, and it has to do with this beautiful young couple over here. Alex and Bryce, wave your hands. They're getting married this Saturday, and we're doing their wedding here at Prince of Peace. And so the week of your wedding, we have the story of the wedding of Cana of Galilee, a pretty neat connection, a pretty cool way to begin this final week as you prepare to come. Uh, Together, we're excited for that. How many times do you think, in the Gospel of John, the Gospel we're in, how many times do you think the word grace appears? I'm asking. Take a guess. How many times do you think the word grace appears? Ten? Twenty? None? (laughs) Ten. (laughs) None. (laughs) Last night, we had people, they were hundreds. 150. The word grace in the Gospel of John only appears four times. Four times. And even more than that, all four times that the word grace appears, they're in the first chapter of John. That's it. The opening chapter to John's Gospel. That's where we see the word grace. Here's what we have. And the word, that is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of an only Son from the Father, full of and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received upon... For the law was given through Moses... Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's it. 
you don't hear about grace again in John's gospel. And this has puzzled a lot of theologians. Why is that? Matthew's gospel, you find grace over and over and over again. Luke's gospel, you see grace all throughout. Even Mark's gospel, the shortest of all four gospels, has more um, occurrences of the word grace than John's gospel, which is the longest of the gospels. As I began thinking about that this week, um, something began to, to form, in, in my brain at least. John's gospel doesn't seem to be concerned with telling you about grace. Rather, John's gospel shows you what grace looks like. John's gospel um, has seven signs of Jesus, the seven signs or miracles of Christ. And today we find the first of those signs the transformation of water into wine in Cana of Galilee at that wedding. And all seven of these signs, they have two functions. You can look at each one of them, the healing of, of the centurion's servant, from walking on water to raising of Lazarus. All seven signs, they serve two purposes. The first purpose is they help people believe in Jesus. They help his disciples have faith and marvel at, at who this Christ is in their lives. The second thing all seven signs do is all seven of them, in some unique way, reveal God's abundant, undeserved blessing. An abundant, undeserved blessing. In other words, God's grace. That's how I think of grace. It's God's abundant, undeserved blessing in our lives. So often we think about grace in terms of forgiveness, which certainly they are related, right? Grace has this element of forgiveness, of wiping clean. That's the undeserved part. But grace is more than forgiveness. Forgiveness is its own theological concept on its own. Grace is God's undeserved Abundant blessing and all seven signs of Jesus in the Gospel of John show us what grace looks like. So in the opening chapter of John, we hear about grace upon grace. Jesus is the embodiment of grace and truth in our lives. And then the rest of John shows us what grace looks like. What would it mean for us to not focus so much or solely on speaking grace, but on embodying grace, on living grace, on, on showing grace through a physical sign. That's where I want to focus today. And here in wedding, at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, Jesus and his mother, they're at this wedding and the wine runs out. We hear that it's the third day of the wedding celebration. Weddings in the biblical time lasted for weeks. The wedding ceremony has already taken place three days before, and they're on their third day of celebrating. Is that what you guys have planned, right? A whole week, we're just going to, you know, Bryce is a home brewer. He makes really good home brews, and so he's probably been preparing. Now, what if your home brew ran out, Bryce? That would be the trouble you would be in. That'd be the trouble. And so they're standing there, and it is a problem, because the, the, the host, the the host of the wedding, that would have brought great shame upon him and his family for wine to run out. Wine was a symbol of blessing for this new union together. 
so the mother of Jesus um, nudges him on, and Jesus grabs these six stone jars for purification, for washing of hands, and Jesus transforms the ordinary water into a sign of abundant, undeserved blessing. An abundant, undeserved blessing. The wine is a form of grace, not only for the host of the wedding, but for the bride and groom. And I think it's really special that the first miracle of Jesus happens when two people, this young couple like you, join their lives together. The first miracle of Jesus is is that God's love, God's abundant, undeserved blessing is going to be with this bride and groom throughout all of their life. But the people who first see this, they're not the bride and groom. They're not even the chief steward of the wine. They're the servants. The servants are the only ones in the story that actually see the water transformed into wine. There's a whole sermon there if we were to explore that. But the undeserved, abundant blessing is for all people. It's for all people. Thinking about grace in this way in our lives, I think it has a profound impact. Just last week, I was driving to work here from home, and I was on Camargo Road, and I was driving through Madeira. Some of you might be familiar with this. And I was passing the Kroger there at the light, coming from home, from Marymount, all the way to work. And, and I'm driving, and I, I've, I've burned a lot of tread on this road over six, about six years of coming to and from work. I travel this road at least twice a day, if not more. Very familiar. Now, it's one of those roads that is a little tricky because there are spots that it's 25 miles per hour and there are spots that it will jump to 35 and then eventually you'll get to 45. But it will go 25, 35, 25, 45. And, and I never see a police officer on this road. I never do. And I was driving and I was minding my own business and I was making my way to church to do God's work. And I got that horrible feeling in my stomach. And my chest was beating a little faster because in my rearview mirror, I saw the red and blue flashing lights. And now it was a ways back, and I thought, certainly, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm fine. Oh, no. Here it comes. Oh, oh, no. And so I pull over right before I get to the train tracks, if you're familiar there. And the officer pulls up behind me, and all I can think is what will I tell Becca? Oh, oh I don't want to tell Becca. I got a ticket. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm just thinking and hoping and praying that maybe I'll just be let go. <sighs> I don't even know what I was speeding. I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm just driving this so often. The officer comes up, and he comes to the window, and I recognize him. He used to be an officer in Marymount. And when I was on city council, I was the boss of the police chief. I was, safety, I was the safety guy, and I knew all the officers well. And, and more than that, this officer went to high school with Becca. He grew up in Marymount, but now he was working for Madeira. And so I'm thinking to myself, do I, you know, license and registration, please, and I shuffle and I get, do I say anything? Do I try to, you know, work that in? And I'm thinking, no, you deserve, you know, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And I hand him my license, and he looks at it, and he looks at me, he says, are you Becca Vianello's husband? I said, I am. 
And he looks at me, he says, well, you, do you know that you were going 43 in a 25? Again, the road, right? Don't judge, you've been there. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, officer. He says, well, drive safe, have a good day, see you later. <laughs> and he walks back to his car, and now I'm thinking, <gasps> wow, what? And then I'm thinking, I don't get pulled over often. Do I leave before he does? What's proper etiquette? So I just sit in my car for a while, and I'm just like, what? what? what's going on? And finally, I pull out very gingerly, and I make my way to work. And as I'm driving the rest of the way to work under the speed limit, I'm reflecting on this, right? I deserved the ticket. I did. It was going too fast. But what I got was undeserved, abundant blessing. I got grace. Now, you could parse out why was it the relational connection, but I've been thinking about that ever since. And the way I think about it is this. There are many times in our life we deserve the ticket. We deserve punishment. We deserve discipline. But what our God often chooses to give is undeserved, abundant blessing. God's character chooses forgiveness, chooses love. Now, sometimes God punishes us. Sometimes God disciplines us, and that's difficult. We deserve it. But God often chooses blessing. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's because of the character of God. It's because like that police officer in that relational connection, God desires to maintain a relationship with us. And I can tell you this. I believe that there is a time and a place for punishment and discipline, but I'm a firm believer that the thing that actually holds the most potential and power to change our behavior is not punishment. It's grace. Grace has more potential to change our behavior than punishment. I've gotten tickets in the past, years ago, driving. It didn't really change my behavior too long. You pay the fine, you get over it, you try to be more mindful. But something different happened this time I was let go. Every time I get in my car now, I can't help but think of that officer and that abundant, undeserved blessing. And every day when I drive on Camargo Road, that same stretch to and from work, I slow down because I don't want to trample on the grace I've received. I should drive safe to drive safe, but I also want to honor the undeserved abundant blessing I've been given. I've been thinking about this with Brianna. That same day that I got the ticket, or I didn't get the ticket, I got out of the ticket, we were at the dinner table. And I don't know about you, but five-year-olds, they can be a whole flurry of energy in themselves. And Brianna's been struggling with some temper tantrums around the dinner table, especially related to vegetables, green beans. And that night in particular, Brianna did not want the green beans on her plate, and she went into this tantrum. 
And now Becca and I, our stress levels um, were rising and we were getting to that angry place as a parent where you just want to say, just stop it. And you want to match their, their tone with your tone and you want to show that you're bigger and that they need to listen and they need to do this. But I couldn't help but think of that officer and the undeserved abundant blessing that I had received. And I did something that I hardly ever do as a parent. I said, Brianna, come with me. Come with me. And we went into the dining room and I got down on my knees and I said, Brianna, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. I had to say it three or four times before she calmed down. And I said, honey, we love you. We love you. You need to use your words. You need to communicate how we're communicating to you. It's not okay what you're doing, but you're not in trouble. Let's go back to the table. And you know what? It worked. It worked. I've tried it since, and it hasn't worked since. (laughs) But it worked that one time. And I think God has been trying to tell me something through these little, little vignettes of life that sometimes... Punishment and the law isn't the answer. Sometimes it's undeserved abundant blessing that can change human behavior. John's gospel is filled with these signs of grace and action, and in just a few moments, we will partake in one. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus didn't only tell his disciples he loved them. He fed them. He fed all of them even the one that would betray, even the one that would deny. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body, and I give it to you. This is my blood, and it's shed for you so that you may have life, so that you may be filled, so that you may travel upon roads yet unknown, strengthened and renewed with my love. And so here, God's abundant, undeserved blessing for you this day. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.